to the Hip Hop Social Worker Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Scott. And uh, today, I have a special guest. Um, many of you might know him on Instagram as a six-figure therapist, but I will let him in and go, go ahead and introduce himself. So, you want to go ahead and uh, tell people who you are? Hey, good morning. It's Reggie Vilmanate, a.k.a. Reggie Banks, a.k.a. Six-Figure Therapist. How you guys doing? Yes, sir. So, um, yeah, man, um, really, uh, you know, when I... Came across your profile on Instagram. I really was like, um, you know, just kind of uh, uh, motivated and uh, just, um, yeah, I just, I just loved your message. You know, what I'm saying of, uh, you know, because in this profession, like in grad school, we, you know, so we kind of take like a, a oath of like, you know, what I'm saying of kind of being just like understanding that we're going to be underpaid. You know, what I'm saying, but uh, you know, your message is like, nah, you can also help the community and you can also help yourself too. So. You know, I just love that, and I was like, man, I got to connect with this brother. I got to see, you know what I'm saying? It's got to it's gotta see what, you know, things you got to say to, you know what I'm saying, us new social workers and future social workers and even older social workers. So um, you want to go ahead and kind of uh, break down, um, you know, how you got to this uh, field? Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird how it started, man. Uh, I've always wanted to, to make money, always. Um, as far back as I can remember, I wanted to be a millionaire. So I went to Pace University. That was a, a business school in New York. And I went to school to be an accountant in my accounting class. And I got an A in my psychology class. So I switched majors. And that's how I got into social work, man. Um, it was a blessing to get that F mm -hmm. because it changed the course of my life. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, that's kind of the same way, um, you know, how I started. I was... Initially, I went to I went to undergrad. I, I I got my barber license, you know what I'm saying, and I was going to go to um, school to get like a business degree and open up all these barber shops. But um, you know um, that didn't re really work out. So you know, right. um, social work became um, you know like the route because I was always kind of working with the youth. Um, you know, what I'm saying doing like youth camps and stuff. And um, and my mom's a social worker, so you know when I had that, um, you know. Um, you, you know that epiphany. I was I was trying to figure it out, and she helped me out. You know, and, and told me that you know there's actually you know a chance for you to have a career in like actually helping people. What kind of things influence your practice? Um. Well, the biggest thing is the kids, man. I'm always I've always been about the youth and teenagers, especially the black male, because I know how my life is and how it could have turned out just because I had a couple of good role models in, in, in my life. So that was the biggest part of my practice. And I remember being in undergrad and in grad school and I had um, no male professors, no male professors. I had no black professors. And I said, you know, we need more role models. And that's kind of how I found my niche population. And I wanted to work with teens and black males in particular, then I just kind of got known for that. And then in time, I just kind of expanded into doing other things. But my target was always the black black youth, black males. Okay. Well, that's what's up. Um, what kind of things do you like, um, you know, um, incorporate into your practice? Huh, good question. Um, my practice, it's, a, it's eclectic, brother. I mean, I'm real with these with these kids, with these families, you know, I'm a product of the streets, man, and that's pretty much where where I where I go. I'm real with these kids. I'm real with the couples. I'm real with the families. You know, I, I combine CBT. I combine 
inner child theory, I combine narrative, but everything is, is grounded and based on reality. And I think that's what's allowed me to be successful because I am who I am. I haven't changed who I am to fit into the social work box in terms of my presentation, my style, my appearance, how I speak. Everything is based on being genuine and, and doing what's best for these families, but it's also based on me just being real and being who I am. Mm-hmm. So um, your mantra, you know what I'm saying, uh, you know what I'm saying, um, as, you know, as you go, like, building wealth and also helping the community, you know what I'm saying? Have you uh, ever caught, like, any kind of uh, any kind of backlash, you know what I'm saying, for, the, for having that kind of mantra? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from some of the older folks, um, from even some of these people on Instagram, some of these um, these agencies on Instagram, like, what are you teaching? And, you know, we are social workers, and we are only here to help those less empowered and the powerless and the oppressed. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's all good. But I like to travel. I like nice things. My wife and kids like nice things. So how do I get the best of both worlds? Mm-hmm. As I said, man, my goal is always to be a millionaire. So that has never changed. Just how I'm going about doing it is different. I went from accounting to social work. But I, I still want the same end results for me and my family. So yeah, there is definitely backlash but you know my shoulders are broad I can handle it mm-hmm. um, I definitely think you can do both it's just a matter of understanding in the office we are clinicians and outside the office we are business people okay alright yeah, that's a that's a um, that's actually a, a good way to look at it you know what I'm saying because I always kind of always I really didn't like that um, that people were comfortable you know what I'm saying with that kind of a, you know um philosophy like oh well you know i'm just going to kind of like swear to a life of you know um of just being underpaid you know what i'm saying which right. you know like a lot of us you know what i'm saying yeah um it's it's not really about you know what i'm saying getting like you know what i'm saying the glamour and everything like that but at the same time it's like um you know um you know uh you pay for what you get you see what i'm saying right. so like so you know uh, there's a lot of people out here you know what I'm saying it's like you said, you know what I'm saying, on the outside, you know what I'm saying, we are business people, you know what I'm saying, we, uh, you know, we, you know what I'm saying, we have a lot, you know what I'm saying, like we can do consulting, we can do, um, you know, because I know people go to these conferences, I, I don't know, you know what I'm saying, how that works out, you know what I'm saying, but I do know a lot of, uh, a lot of social workers out here, I, I, I see a lot of them doing well, you know what I'm saying, so I, I remember like just kind of sitting back and thinking like, you know what I'm saying, how could I really get the best of both worlds like you say you know what i'm saying so um so like i said when i when i first saw your profile i was like oh yeah you know what i'm saying he that's a pretty good message you know what i'm saying because you know what i'm saying because you're not really teaching like greed you're teaching hustle you know what i'm saying right. so like i mean that's just that's just what it is you know what i'm saying like if you want it you go get it you know what i'm saying but don't don't devalue your worth because you know what I'm saying? Because you bring something good to the table. You know what I'm saying? At least that's what I got from you. Right. And that's a key point, man. We we have to value who we are and what we bring to the table. You know, when we work with our families, we can help a family that's going through a separation, a divorce, stay together, which can change a whole generation. Mm-hmm. You know, we can help a, a nine-year-old boy who's, a, I don't know, who's into bullying and into gang life change that life around and become a, you know, a, a productive citizen and who knows where that can go when he becomes an adult. 
we help girls who are with low self-esteem or who are challenged with other situations um, see life differently. And the work that we do does not just affect one person. It affects families, which in turn affects the community. So when somebody's depressed or suicidal or anxious, I mean, that is some serious stuff that we do. And we put in some serious years of school. We did at least four years, seven years, then an additional two to get licensed. Mm -hmm. So we have to value the work that we do and what we offer to the community. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, that's you're right about that. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody ever questions like a doctor. You know what I'm saying? Correct. Or like Correct. a psychiatrist. So it's like, you know, so why you know, so why we get to, you know what I'm saying, you know, third degree. Uh, so how did you go about, like, uh, building your practices? Um, again, another failure, right? I, I worked for this company, and I got let go. And, you know, the, well, the company went out of business, so everybody got let go. Mm -hmm. And I was debating about starting a private practice maybe a year prior to that. But I was afraid. I was afraid of failing. I was afraid of not being good enough. So I just never pursued it. But once I got let go, I was like, man, ain't nobody ever going to control my money again. Ain't mm. nobody ever going to control me and my family's paycheck again. And I went full in. And I started my practice. And I had one office. And I, and I worked hard. And I, and I put my brand out there. And I provided quality work. I worked seven days a week, Monday through Sunday. And I was doing really well. Then I slowly, you know, raised my prices. I get, got more comfortable. Then I started adding more clinicians as I got more comfortable. And, and the, you know, the more value you bring to others, the more wealth you will make in return. Because people was referring people to me left and right. Mm -hmm. Former clients were referring new clients to me. Then um, students were telling their schools about me. Then schools were contacting me. Then the courts got involved, and I was getting referrals from court systems, and it just kind of grew from there. But it, again, it all started because I got that go, man, and, and, I, and I was not afraid. Well, I was able to overcome my fear and um, do something that's been been life changing, man. Yes, sir. Uh, like a blessing in disguise, you know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. Uh, so, um, what are the, what are the things do you like? Um, you know what I'm saying? Do you work on, um, you know, besides doing like the one-on-one -on -one therapy? One-on-one um, -on -one is, is my, my favorite, but I've also been doing a lot of groups. Um, and again, my groups are typically for high school students because they need it, you know. And they, they need more than just a typical anger management group and a self-esteem group. So I do a lot of life skills groups and we focus on Hustling, we focus on being an entrepreneur. I do a lot of teaching on the stock market. Um, I teach young men how to tie ties. I, you know, we do a lot of resume workshops. Um, skills that are needed but not taught enough in schools. A lot of them, the teachers can't teach about the stock market because they don't know. Parents can't teach about it because they don't know. Mm -hmm. But that's how we can change the culture of our communities because... Those other folks, they know about that stuff at an early age, and that's why they're always two, three, ten steps ahead of us. So I'm trying to help combat that at the same time. I'm trying to teach and um, make our population think that they are good enough and that they can do well as well. Yeah, well, that's what's up. Okay. Um, I seen a recent post you had about, uh, you know, the barbershop model and how to build, um, you know, 
your practice as well as like helping others build their practice. Um, can you go into like to a little bit of detail about that? Yeah, um, you know, like I said, man, I, I'm definitely a hustler by nature and a, a therapist by trade. Um, but I realized there was ways to to help others start their practice, but at the same time profit profit off of it. So what I started doing was renting office space within my suite, mm-hmm. and they pay they pay rent and they pay a percentage of what they make per client because I'm the licensed clinician, so it's my numbers, my my um my insurance at stake. So it benefits them because they don't have as much risk involved because mm-hmm. they're not paying for the office, they're just paying for rent in the suite that they're using. And it benefits them because it allows them to grow. And I've had two people in the past two years who who started with me but was able to build their practice big enough to have now their own practice mm-hmm. outside of me, which is good because it shows growth. It shows growth for them, it shows growth for me. But in the, in the interim, I help a lot of people who are just straight out of school or who want to take the risk but are afraid to do it on their own. Um, and the barbershop mentality has helped them and it's helped me because, you know, like I said, I make I make a profit. I make a percent off of every single person that goes to the door in my office. Yeah. Okay. That's what's up. Um I feel like, um, you know, like when I saw that, I was like, man, that's a good idea, you know what I'm saying? Because you really, like... I mean, helping people out tenfold, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're helping, you know what I'm saying, a young entrepreneur really get their practice in, you know what I'm saying, and get their practice off the ground. And while doing that, you're helping the community because, you know what I'm saying, because, of course, the practitioner is helping their clients, you know what I'm saying? And and it's like, you know, it's not like a lot of, you know, like, it's not like, it's not the stress of like, okay, either I work for an agency or I work for, you know what I'm saying, a private, like my own private practice is like I can kind of work right, with, right. You know, I can work with Reggie, you know what I'm saying, he can provide supervision, he can provide all this and also, you know, help me build and I help him build, you know, so yeah, that's, man, I saw that because I used to be a barber, so you know what I'm saying, so like I understand, you know what I'm saying, how, how that works in the barber game, you know what I'm saying, you, right. you know what I'm saying, you work with a, you know what I'm saying, like an OG vet barber who got his own shop. You know, say so he charge you boo for rent or whatever, and then, and then the goal is to build your clientele up and get your own shop. You know, what I'm saying that's always you right. know, like like even in barber school they teach that it's like you know, what I'm saying like you always want to kind of work. You know, what I'm saying to move. You know, what I'm saying away from where you at, and when younger people come to work for you, you kind of teach them that okay, you're here for a few years, but the goal is to kind of move on, and that's how we built the. You know what I'm saying? That's how we built the industry. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, 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 you come under my wing, and then you then you pay it forward. You know what I'm saying? So, exactly. you know what I'm saying? But I never thought about that until you just kind of, you know what I'm saying? You broke it down. You know, I was like, oh, man, I never even thought about that. And, I, and, and, and I've been doing that for, for years. You know what I'm saying? So, right. yeah, I definitely appreciated that. Um, so, like, you know, in our community, um, you know, in the black community, brown community, um, Mental health is, you know, um, pretty much taboo. But we're working on, um, you know, breaking that taboo. Like, you know, you, you, you know, people like yourself, you know, saying me and a few other social workers that I see on Instagram, see in, see in public. You know, what I'm saying, what do you think um, is the main factor? You know, what I'm saying for that um, for that stigma in our community. You know, it starts young, man. It starts real young. You know, we teach boys, hey, stop crying, don't be a little sissy, man up, 
um, stop acting like a girl. And, you know, we, we teach that at two years old, three years old, then these boys don't know how to share their feelings. And when they hit what middle school, junior high school years, what they know how to show is, is anger, right? That's mm-hmm. the one that's acceptable. So they become these teenagers that they, they fight. Then in high school, they either become fighters or they just kind of shut down. Then they become men. And what happens to these men? They don't know how to communicate with their girls, with their wives. And, no, I'm good, man. Yo, it's all right. What's on your mind, honey? Nothing. I'm good. And it started at a young age, but now as an adult, it's no longer working. Right? It's causing conflicts in a marriage. It's causing conflicts with the, the child because now dad don't know how to communicate with his son. and son don't know how to communicate effectively with his dad. So it's, it's rechanging that narrative. It's saying that it's okay to talk about your feelings. It's okay to cry. There's nothing wrong with being sensitive. And seeing another male, a black male at that, tell them it's okay to share their feelings kind of puts down some of those walls that they've been holding on to for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm a big believer in self-disclosure because I had to help address how my dad raised me and how it did cause some challenges for me and how I had to change that within my marriage and how I how I had to change that with how I raised my two sons. Yeah. So it's really important that, you know, our clients, especially the black males, they see us, they can relate to us, and that's something that a different kind of clinician will never be able to experience. Mm-hmm. True. You know what I'm saying? Uh, do you think that it's, like, important, you know what I'm saying, for, um, you know what I'm saying, for us men of color, you know what I'm saying, to be, you know, present in our community and the ones teaching the mental health? Yeah, I think it's definitely important because there's been such a shift within the past couple of years anyway regarding mental health and it's being more accepted and more mainstream. But again, our culture is still not as accepting as others. You know, our culture is more, let's talk to our next door neighbor, let's go to church, let's let's hide some of these people, mental health challenges and send them down south or let's send them to granny someplace else. Mm-hmm. So the more that... Um, they see people like us who are you know, still fairly hip, who still fairly are cool or accepted, the more we can make that change within the, the community. And once we do it in one community, it, it it grows. It grows to two communities. Now it goes to the city. Now it goes to the town. Now it grows, you know, it becomes nationwide, man. Mm-hmm. So it starts with you. It starts with me. Yeah. All right. That's what's up. Um, and uh, what area um, is your practice located at? I'm in Tampa. I'm in Tampa, Florida. Okay, what's what's up? Uh, how does um, social work look in Tampa? Um, it's it's going well, man. You know, I'm a I teach at USF, so we have a strong USF social work program. Um, I'm hoping to see more people that look like us in the social work program. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, it's um, social work is being received well. The schools are very involved. The the churches actually have a. a speaking engagement later on this year at a church mm. um it's it's definitely being more accepted and more recognized and um there's less sort um negative connotation about it at this point mm-hmm. okay and what kind of things like um you know say when your clients walk through the door say what kind of things are they bringing you know what i'm saying like what kind of uh what kind of challenges are they having you know or every single client is going through some kind of trauma and whether it's an adult that's dealing with childhood trauma or whether it's a child that's dealing with the lack of effective communication at home or just being a distant kid in school, 
even I had a couple yesterday, and just they're working through their marriage, but the reality is both of them had childhood trauma. When I say trauma, doesn't necessarily mean rape or abuse. Just how they were raised has impacted who they become as adults, and now that's impacting the way they treat each other in their marriage. Mm-hmm. So a lot of work that I do is self-awareness and helping people understand how much their past uh, impacts who they are and how they see things. Um, one of my favorite expressions is, you are who you are because of everything that you've been through. And the more they understand that, the more they can work through some of the um, challenges that they're facing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like um, yeah, I like that. Um, I feel like um, me personally, you know, like my like part of my practice. I think that like everything happened, you know, like where you are today is probably because of something that happened in the past. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like so, like so, like you know, um, so like I like I really don't get like too deep into like the psychotherapy part of it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I do, you know, because I have to, but but you know, like. I try to connect dots, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, this is, okay, you're probably experiencing this because of, you know, there's some things that, you know, it's in your past that you probably haven't addressed, you know what I'm saying? Or, like, you probably haven't been comfortable enough with anybody to kind of share about and, you know what I'm saying, like, allow someone to walk, you know what I'm saying, that path with you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know, like, right. like you know, like, I see therapy as, you know what I'm saying, like, you giving me, you know what I'm saying, that permission, you know, to, um, you know what I'm saying, to talk things out. You know what I'm saying, and then like, right. and then you know, like, so like, and I'm only, and I'm here not to judge. You know what I'm saying, I'm just here to kind of help you. You know what I'm saying, um, organize your closet. You know what I'm saying, uh, you know, and you know, saying to hang things up where you need to go, and you know, stack the shoes right. You know that's, you know, of course I'm speaking metaphorically, but um, right, right, right. You know, so um, yeah, so like you know. So let's rewind, you know what I'm saying, and, you know, said so before, you know what I'm saying, the thriving business and all that stuff, um, you know, how did you know, you know what I'm saying, like, after your first, like, you know, you know, engagement, you know what I'm saying, like, that this was it, you know what I'm saying, like, how did you know that this was going to be successful? Um, I had a supervisor, this is when I was in New York, and she told me, one day you'll be able to write your own checks, and I was like, what do you mean by that? And she said, because you're black and you're a male, and there's not much of you that one day you'll be in high demand. And, and she was a prophet because at this point, that's what I get to do. Mm-hmm. I pretty much dictate how much I want to get paid. And, um, you know, when I do works for the schools, the checks the checks are nice, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I just kind of started paying attention to everything. I was like, yo, who's making money doing what? How do I get some of this money? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I could be a, a supervisor. You can get paid for that? Or what do I need to do to be a supervisor? Mm-hmm. Oh, I could be a trainer? For supervisors, I want to know how to do that. Oh, yeah. wait, you could go speak at conferences and they're going to pay you? All right, well, now I want to be a trainer for the speakers at the conference. So I'm trying to always be one step ahead and um, figure out how to get another check. Yeah. So there's checks out there. And some of the checks are nice. But if we just focus on the strict Monday through Friday mental health agency, yeah, we're going to have a salary between 38000 and 44000 And I'm not knocking that, but that's not what I want. Yeah. You know, I want a lot more than that. So I have my, you know, I have my, my feet in a lot of different places. Um, but there's, there's money out there, man. And and, that, and that's why in my students, I'm always preaching that because we shouldn't live paycheck to paycheck. We have way too much education for that, and we offer too much value to the world for that. Mm-hmm. But we have to be willing to do more. You can do contract work, 
you could work at agencies, um, you could do travel social work. There's just so many different avenues where we can make additional money if you're open to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's what's up. Um, I was, I had the kind of same epiphany when I was in grad school. I would see like these, you know, seeing these trainers come and they they speak, and I'm like, man, how do, you know, what I'm saying, how do I get like, you know, what I'm saying to that status, you know, what I'm saying. So I remember just kind of sitting down and thinking about it, and really that, uh, and really that, the, the really that's the goal of this podcast, you know, is really to, um, you know, what I'm saying the goal of this podcast really is to like kind of like build a catalog of, of stuff, you know, what I'm saying. So like, right. you know, what I'm saying so if I do present something that somebody says, all right, you want to speak at this conference or you want to speak to my classroom or whatever, well, what have you done? Like I say, oh, well, pff, boom, you know what I'm saying? I, you know what I'm saying? I've, you know, I've tried to build myself into a person who's a social worker, but is also authentic, you know what I'm saying? And being authentic right. is really a part of my practice that I, you know what I'm saying, I give to the clients that I see, you know what I'm saying? Like, like how I show up with them is pretty much how I show up with everybody else, you know what I'm saying? And, and I want to teach them that they can be themselves, you know what I'm saying? But it, but just like, you know, how they're seeing me, you know what I'm saying, in that chair or whatever, or on that, or in that couch or in that classroom, whatever we're doing, you know what I'm saying, I was, you know, I could have benefited from, you know what I'm saying, from them say services. I didn't get them, of course, you know what I'm right, saying. So right. so I really want to, you know what I'm saying, kind of like switch, like, like, okay, so, you know, when I was a kid, I really could have benefited from somebody saying, it's all right to be yourself, you know what I'm saying. I wasted a lot of time not knowing that, you know. Right. So, so you're 13, you know what I'm saying, I want you to save some time, you know what I'm saying, so you don't wait till you're 25 to figure out, you know, it's all right to be myself, you know what I'm saying, which that's cool and that's fine, but I'm saying I know that, you know, like, like I know that if I had the confidence that I have now, you know what I'm saying, when I was like 14, you know what I'm saying, a, a, lot, of, a lot of stuff could have changed, you know what I'm saying, a lot of stuff could have been different for me, you know what I'm saying, so so I'm just trying to really preach, preach those things, you know, um, so yeah, I, I I definitely do like the fact that you was able to kind of uh, you know break down like you know what I'm saying Cause there's many ways you know what I'm saying to get what we need to get in this field as professionals, and, and I feel like grad schools really should teach that instead of kind of teaching the you know the whole like oh yeah this works somewhere help the you know saying the disadvantage which that's fine and good but you can do it all and you can do it all in your own capacity you know what right. I'm saying a lot of these agencies. I'm not knocking them, but from my experience, you know what I'm saying, when you get money from the state and you're an agency, it really kind of um, it kind of muddies the message, you know what I'm saying, because you got to play the political game, you know. So, so like, yeah, I, I just feel like, uh, I just feel like, you know, uh, us doing it for ourselves is is really the shot, you know what I'm saying, like it's really how we're going to make some, uh, you know what I'm saying, some real um, change in our communities, you know. Right. So, um, how would you, um, you know, teach, um, you know, like a young social worker, um, you know, since like somebody that's up and coming, you know, what I'm saying, how to build their network and net worth? Well, the two are combined. Like I, I say all the time, the stronger your network is, the stronger your net worth will be, because mm-hmm. you can't build net worth on your own. You do need connections. You do need people who can say, hey, I know this person. I want to connect you to him. Or I want to connect you to her because they're the check writers. Yeah. So it's really important that you, you build a, the strong network while also understanding that you're always being interviewed, right? Mm-hmm. Based on what you're saying and how you're talking and how you're dressing, whether you're in session or whether you're at the mall, somebody's watching you. And based on 
your reputation, that's your brand. And the stronger your brand is, again, the stronger your net worth will be in, in the long run. Um, so I'm always telling my students, my clients, pay attention to everything that you do because somebody's paying attention to everything that you do. Mm, okay, so so watch how you move, you know. I like yes, that. Yes, sir. Uh, so how did you like... Um, like so, like so, a person like me, I'm trying to really get into like the conference game. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get my license too, so I can be a supervisor as well. But uh, you know, but how did you like break into that? Um, you know, into that world of you know um, speaking at um, you know like different engagements and, and things like that. I found somebody that's doing what I wanted to do. I found a supervisor that was like, "All right, I heard this guy's story," and I remember the one guy in particular. He said he was making six figures. And I was like, word? Mm-hmm. I want to meet you. Because at the time, I wasn't. And that's what happened. I went up to him after the conference. I said, can I get your name, your phone number? And I was calling him like three times a week. And he became a, a, a indirect mentor for me because I wanted to learn from him. And when he retired, I pretty much took over some of the courses that he was teaching because he gave me all his material. Mm-hmm. And I just had to kind of learn it. So anytime I go someplace, if there's a conference and there's a speaker that I like, I, I always kind of hang back and say, hey, can we kind of chop it up for a little bit? I'm not afraid to speak to people because if there's something I want and you have it, I want to know how you got it. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, people are receptive. There's always a few people who can, who see you as possibly competition. Mm. So they're not willing to share. But for the most part, people have been pretty open. Um, you know, and my philosophy, like like I said, man, you know, there's enough out there for everybody. I don't need the whole block. I just need one corner. You could have enough <laughs> your own corner, man. There's enough out there. So the more I have, the more I can share, the more I'm going to share with somebody else, man. Okay, that's what's up. And do you speak, like, across the nation, you know what I'm saying, or internationally? Um, actually, I'm going to Columbia. I'm going to Columbia in June to present for part of a USF speaking um, conference. So that's going to be my first international. Um, it's funny, I'm doing an international speaking before I've done national. I've done <laughs> Tampa, but I haven't done outside Tampa just yet. Okay. Um, you know, I may go back to New York, because that's where I'm from. So I have a couple of plugs in New York, and I may do something out there. But right now, I'm pretty much relegated to the Tampa area. Okay, that's what's up, man. You, and I see you, you know what I'm saying, like you're a busy guy, so you just kind of be, you know what I'm saying, you be everywhere hitting them up, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's mm-hmm. up. So, like, do you, like, ever, like, um, email, like, um, like, so, so, like, do you ever, like, um, like, search, um, like, uh, like, I know somebody told me that, like, you know, like, um, you know, to get in the game, you know what I'm saying, I should, um, you know, search for different, um, you know, like, speaking engagements and, like, apply, you know what I'm saying, like, in, you know, like, 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 you know what I'm saying, like, I should sit down, build a curriculum, you know what I'm saying, um, and build a workshop, and then, like, apply to, like, speak somewhere. Have you ever done that? Yeah, and, and I typically do that with the schools, because the schools, again, are where I want to be, because that's the population I want to serve. Mm-hmm. So whenever there's proposals or whenever they're looking for groups, I always create curriculums. I might have maybe four different curriculums that I have for schools. So when the right opportunity comes up, I just kind of plug it in. And at this point, I've been doing enough work with them that I know maybe the right people. And they typically get me in there for six weeks, for nine weeks. Then I'll go to different high schools in the community. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you have to be licensed to do those kind of things? Um... 
I think all places are different. Mm-hmm. You 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 hold more weight if you have a license, but I'm not sure if you true. necessarily need one. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and on my you know my current boss told me that he was like you know you like um, you know like the um, you know the dominated culture likes you know when you put the letters behind your name. You know what I'm saying right. even though it might not matter, but uh, to you, but you know like. And they respect you if you got some, you know, saying some alphabet behind your name. So I definitely, Correct. I can definitely feel that. All right. So, um, yeah, what kind of things do you practice for, um, you know, self care? Self care. I love traveling, man. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm about that passport. <laughs> uh, I try to travel maybe three, four times a year, and you know, spend time with my wife and kids, man. Um, both of my kids play soccer competitively, so. If I'm not at the office, I'm at a soccer game. And mm. I just like to chill at home with my wife and kids, man. You know, I'm a lot older now than I used to be, so I don't want to be in the streets. I don't want to be doing anything. Just I like to go home and chill. <laughs> That's I mean, if I'm not traveling, if I'm not at soccer, I'm home with my wife and kids, just chilling with them, man. I feel that. That's how, that's what's up. Uh, same way, you know what I'm saying? I just had a daughter uh, two years ago, so she's she about to be two. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I like I like, I like like doing that. And really, that's really the part, you know what I'm saying, of, of the private practice that I, you know what I'm saying, that I like is that, you know, like, like you know what I'm saying, I could build it up and then, you know what I'm saying, when she's getting to that age where she's doing sports or she's doing plays and stuff, I'm not bogged down, you know what I'm saying, Correct. to like, you know, like a – you know, to an office, I can kind of go, all right, well, you got this going on, you know. Um, Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Because, uh, you know, my father-in-law is a lawyer, and I know because he was able to kind of uh, do his own thing, he never missed a game, he never missed a, you know what I'm saying, all that, all things like that. And I know from my experience, you know what I'm saying, my parents had to work. So when I was wrestling, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, it was just, you know, they had to work, so so they right. wasn't there, you know, so. So, yeah, I'm just trying to do things different, and, um, you know, and I know, like I said, you know, I said, you know, like at the beginning of this episode, <clears throat> I remember when I seen your profile, I was like, oh, yeah, I got to talk to this dude, you know what I'm saying, and because, because I've never seen it put so simply, you know what I'm saying, right. like, you can, you can, you can, you can have the best of both worlds, it's okay, you know what I'm saying, because people do try to shame you when you try to say, oh, yeah, well, you know, I would like to do this. And it's like, well, why are you a social worker? I've gotten some DMs, you know what I'm saying? Not a lot, but, I, but I've gotten a couple that's kind of questioned my motives. And it's like, yeah, like, like you said, I'm not trying to, you know what I'm saying, like be a greedy old CEO dude who, who pays people, you know, $10 an hour while I'm sitting fat. No, but, yeah. but you know what I'm saying, we, I, have a lot of case, I have a lot of education that costs a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just trying to really get the best of both, you know? So, sure. so yeah, I, I definitely appreciate your message and all that, and I'm definitely going to stay in contact because I feel like, you know what I'm saying, um, financial literacy is one thing in our community that we don't learn a lot, enough of, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, like I think my I think uh, the only kind of um, lesson I had about that, you know what I'm saying, was from my dad, and, he, and all he did was say, don't get a credit card. And I was like, well, okay, well, <laughs> all right, well, is that it? You know what I'm saying? So so I definitely appreciate, you know what I'm saying, like your message and, you know, just, it's just, it's just really, it's just really powerful to me, you know. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me on your show too, man. Yeah, man, for all of you, 100%. Uh, so is there any kind of, um, you know, say anything you want to share before, uh, you know, saying we close? Um. My last words would be, 
We are in it for the outcome, and we are in it for the income. Mm. Yes. I'll leave it on that note, man. <laughs> yes, you can do both. Um, you do have a wealth of knowledge, and I don't know if you ever thought about writing a book. You know what I'm saying? Like the guide of, you know what I'm saying? Like the six-figure therapist guide to, you know what I'm saying, the outcome and income. That might be <laughs> that might be one, you know what I'm saying? Because, like I said, there's, there's plenty of people who think like me, you know what I'm saying, who just done, who haven't, right. who haven't found an outlet, you know, so... I appreciate you stepping in this morning, man, and uh, you have a good rest of your Sunday. You too, brother. Thank you again for your time, man. No problem. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.